Hey y'all, it's Shantavia and Ashley, and, and this, this is Obedience Podcast. Alright, so in the previous episode, if you haven't went and saw it, you have to watch that one first to understand this one. You need to watch the first one before you watch yeah. the second one. You know, mm-hmm. chronological yes. series of events, that's how we want to keep them. Anyway, in <laughs> the first part of the series, we talked about the importance of communion, we talked about what the Passover means, we talked about the new covenant and the fulfillment of it. So we just gave you like like we said in the other one, we gave you the prelude mm-hmm. to the climax of the story. Mm-hmm. So in this episode we're gonna talk about the actual climax of the resurrection story. Yep. Alright. So crucifixion. I said it right that time. Okay, there you go. Crucifixion can be found in the following scriptures, Matthew 27, 1 through 54, Mark 15, 1 through 40, Luke 23, 1 through 48, and John 19, 1 through 30. So in the previous episode, we did read the story um, in Luke. So we'll just continue this one in Luke. But just remember, you can go and read those other um, scriptures because mm-hmm. they tell the same story, just in a different way. Yep different interpretation so we'll start at luke 23 1 through 48 then the whole assembly got up and brought him before Pilate. they began to accuse jesus asserting we found this man misleading and perverting our nation and forbidding us to pay taxes to caesar and claiming that he himself is christ the messiah the anointed a king so Pilate asked him are you the king of the jews and he answered him it is just as you say then Pilate said to the chief priest and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they were insistent and said, he stirs up the people to rebel, teaching them throughout Judah, starting from Galilee, even as far as here in Jerusalem. When Pilate heard it, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to the jurisdiction of Herod, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at the time. So this man, Pilate had wanted nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. He was just like, I don't see. Ain't no blood on my hand. I said no. Y'all want me to do something? Let me go ahead and send him over here to this man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly pleased. He had wanted to see him for a long time because of what he had heard about him and was hoping to see some miraculous sign, even something spectacular done by him. And he questioned him at some length. But Jesus made no reply. The chief priests and the scribes were standing there, continually accusing him heatedly. And Herod, with his soldiers, after treating him with contempt and mocking and ridiculing him, dressed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. All right, so Jesus is being jumped around now. Mm -hmm. Now, that very day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. Hmm. Pilate summoned the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought this man before me as one who corrupts and incites the people to rebellion. After examining him before you, I have found no guilt in this man regarding the charges which you make against him. No, nor has Herod. For he sent him back to us, and indeed he has done nothing to deserve death. Mm-mm. Therefore, I will punish him to teach him a lesson and release him. 
Now he was obligated to release to them one prisoner at the feast. But they loudly shouted out all together saying, away with this man and release Barbas to us. He was one who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection that happened in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them again, wanting to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, why, what wrong has he done? I have found no guilt, no crime, no offense in him, demanding death. Therefore, I will punish him to teach him a lesson and release him. But they were insistent and unrelenting, demanding with loud voices that Jesus be crucified and that voices begin to prevail and accomplish their purpose. Pilate announced sentence that their demand be granted. And he released the man they were asking for who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder. But he handed over Jesus to their will. So I want to stop right there. I wonder what made him change his mind. Like he was so persistent. Pretty much saying, I see no wrong. I see no wrong. Like how all of a sudden you just like, fine, do whatever you want. I guess he got tired of them asking. But it's kind of like you knew that this man did no wrong and mm-hmm. you were over them, right? He folded under pressure. The pressure, the people pressure him. Ooh, come on, word, peer pressure. Oh, <laughs> y'all better stop, stop letting these people pressure you into something you know ain't right. So that's a that's a lesson. Better catch that word. Okay. And then look at the um. I just want to go back to verse 12. It said that Herod and Pilate were enemies before, but now on this day, they they became friends. Mm-hmm. So even in the, the chaos and, you know, Jesus getting ready to be crucified, there's still some good in him. I yeah. mean, these people came friends. And both of them were trying to, they to were save trying. Jesus originally. And these are rulers. Yes. And they're being tossed around by their people. Yes. That, that's, that's what it's like. Badge management. That's what's surprising me. I'm like, okay, you are over them. Why are they allowed to even question you that much? Anyway, let's keep reading. I digress. When they led him away, they seized the man, Simon of Siren, who was coming in from the country and placed on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. Mm-hmm. Following him was a large crowd of people, including women who were mourning and wailing for him. But Jesus turning toward them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. So, he knew what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, don't weep for me. Don't waste those tears on me. So, he's going into this with just like full confidence and no regret. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Where was I? Okay. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that have not given birth and the breasts that have never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us into the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? <laughs> Two others also who were criminals were being led away to be executed with them. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals one on the right and one on the left. 
So that paints the scene of what a lot of us see mm-hmm. of the three crosses. So yeah. Jesus, so Jesus in the middle, and then the two prisoners mm-hmm. on the side, outsides. Um, and Jesus was saying, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing." And they cast lots, dividing his clothes among themselves. Mm. What I want to point out is, Father, forgive them, mm-hmm. for they do not know what they are doing. He is he is holding his head up high through all of this. He's asking for, for their forgiveness. He's asking for it. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. It, it made me think about, like, when we were talking about in the previous episode, you should have watched it, um, that we were talking about betrayal. And I brought up my experience of, like, people said something. Well, she said something about my character. Yeah. But I had to realize she don't even know what she's talking about. She didn't even know me like that. Yeah. So they don't even realize the full effect of what they're doing mm-hmm. um, to intentionally hurt you. I know it may seem like, you know, they, they know what they did. They know, they know, they know they don't. That they wrong, but they don't really realize the full effect of it. Yeah, that's true. So that'll help you in your forgiveness. Yeah. Because most of the time, when they realize it, it's super far off, mm-hmm. and is and is at a moment when they are super low and reflecting on everything that that's happened in their life. That they'll be like, "Oh my, I did that to her. Mm-hmm. Or I did that to him." So just think of it like that. 35. Now the people stood by watching, but even the rulers ridiculed and sneered at him saying, whew, this one, this one right here. Take your time. Take your time. Saying, let him use you. He saved others from death. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed of God, Mm -hmm. his chosen one. The mocking Jesus. Mocking. At this point. Do you know how many people he saved before this this one moment and how many people saw him saved mm-hmm. and how many people s- were saved by him mm-hmm. and at this moment they're like well you know he's supposed to be Christ Jesus the Lord Savior he can save himself and like prove yourself I don't have to prove myself to you hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay then <laughs> I just think uh, that always is just like you know, like the meme of the white guy, like. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> prove myself to you. And you are? <laughs> to prove myself to you? Oh, my. I just can't imagine. Or even being like one of the women who was that like morning. Can you imagine them hearing them say that? And they'd be like. I'm surprised there wasn't no brawls over there. <laughs> like fighting everybody, fighting like That's my Jesus. <laughs> I've seen him work. Oh, hallelujah. Right? I've seen him do. 36. Continue with this mocking. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him and cruelly, cruelly offering him sour wine and sarcastically saying, if you are really the king of the Jews, save yourself from death. You know, not only are y'all going, not only are y'all going to kill this man, who is innocent, you're also going to mock him mm. as he's sitting there exposed and unprotected. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, uh, they were just like, who's going to, he was naked. 
He had no clothes on. The humiliation that he was there. And he knew that this was going to happen, but he still did it. Yeah. For us. So that we... Oh, I'm getting too far ahead. Go ahead, (laughs) Do you ever think, like... Okay, he knew it was going to happen. But did he know it was going to happen like this? He probably didn't know it it was going to happen to that extent. Yeah. Only because he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Like, going down... uh, so it, it, he probably didn't know it was gonna be like that. Yeah, that. Like okay, that I, I knew this was gonna happen, but like like this, I'm so open and exposed, mm-hmm. and it makes me think of like when you, for me, I'll say, mm-hmm. I thought like accepting Jesus Christ was just gonna be roses and yeah. daffodils yeah. and you know springtime all green the time pastures. green <laughs> pastures all of the time you know it's gonna be a wonderful life i won't go through anything because mm-hmm. i have jesus on my side um but it doesn't exempt you from from life experiences you're still gonna live life but it's so much better with jesus christ on your side yeah so it helps you throughout those times it's yeah. something that you can call on it's someone that you can call on that can help guide you through life's journeys and you know, which way do I need to go? I need to go left or right. He'll direct you in the path. So it's so much better at Christ. All right. 38. Now, there was also an inscription above him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who had been hanged on the cross beside him kept hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us from death. Okay, first of all, I'm the only one up here. Sin free and innocent. <laughs> you actually did something and you're mocking me and mm-hmm. asking me to save you at the same time? Like, how does that work? The nerve. <laughs> save yourself and us. Not just yourself. But the other one rebuked him saying, do you not even fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? We are suffering justly because we are getting what we deserve for what we have done. But this man has done nothing wrong. Mm. He don't want what's it. The only one was it's up there. Whew. Uh, that just, oh gosh, that made me think of, I don't know, this is, if I don't know if you've seen it, but the um, Just Mercy movie. Mm-mm, Have you yet. seen it? It's it's a good movie. It, but it made me think of it because, you know, um, the two men who were in jail, they were innocent. And then it was this one guy, he actually committed the murders that he was accused of, but, you know, he had a little mental health issues going on. So the argument was that he shouldn't have been um, put to death. He should have been in a psychiatric mm-hmm. hospital. Um, spoiler alert, I didn't mention that. Anyway, um, I didn't say how I ended. Oh, this is about to say. But anyway, so... In in one of the parts when he finally got his date that he was going to be executed, mm-hmm. he like broke down and was kind of like telling the other two men he was like, "Y'all don't deserve this, but I actually killed somebody. Like I deserve this." And um, gosh, I should remember his name. I don't want to say Jamie Fox, but Jamie Fox's character, he just was like, "Listen." Yeah, you you did that, but you also like weren't in your right mind, and you don't deserve to be put to, to death. For some reason, that whole scenario just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the man knew that he was wrong, and he was like willing to take it, even though he didn't necessarily deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what this this um 
man is doing, who's the one who had sits up there on the cross, mm-hmm. what he was doing in that moment, pretty much saying, you know, we have done wrong. Do you not even fear God? So it just reminded me of that. Y'all should go check that movie out. It's, a really, watch it. it's a really good movie. Um, 42. And he was saying, Jesus, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said to him, I assure you and will solemnly say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, noon, and darkness came over the whole land mm-hmm. until the ninth hour. Because the sun was obscured and the veil of the holy of holies of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And um, another verse says, it is finished. Hmm. I was saying, they, you know, they, they, uh. That they got what they was asking for. Oh yeah, yeah. He tore that veil. And in another um scripture, it actually references Jesus as saying, "It is finished." Is what we we see a lot. Yes. When we go into Resurrection Sundays, pretty much saying, "It is finished." It is finished. It is finished. Sealed. It is done. And that's what we're gonna get. That's what we're gonna talk about right now. Okay. The 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 it is finished. What was finished? We spoke Everything. about it. <laughs> We spoke about it before in the previous episode, but in that moment, that verse, Jesus took his last breath and he went on to, he went on to the tomb. Yeah. He fulfilled what God had told. Yeah. He fulfilled his mission. Yes. Yeah. So in that moment, what I kind of pictured this in my mind when he said, um, because the sun was obscured and the veil of the Holy of Holies of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. The imagery of seeing the veil tear, like in my head, I just see like this strong wind. Mm-hmm. Just. <laughs> and then like this dramatic. Yeah, like. Oh, not, <laughs> we not need quite some like paper. That. We need some real paper. Like. Yeah, <laughs> the dramatics, and then like they fly away, like in the wind, you know. <laughs> That's the way I see it. It's just, it's such a, a visionary thing to think about mm-hmm. that in that moment, our lives and everyone else's lives changed. were completely changed forever in that moment. So, what does that mean to you? What does this whole scene that we just read mean to you? The, the the veil was torn so we can go directly to God. We don't have to wait. We don't have to, to wait to go to the priest to do mm. this. Hey priest, can you can you ask God on my behalf? And then hope and pray that the priest oh, was okay. Oh, but let wait, let me go get a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> let me go find this lamb. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they put one in a bush somewhere. Trouble <laughs> find I'm sorry. Um what was Oh, oh yeah, we don't we don't have to go around. We don't have a third party. Mm-hmm. We can go straight to God mm-hmm. on my own personal behalf that I can have a personal relationship. And I've just got a, re- a revelation from the 
um, you referenced, it is finished. Mm. Like everything, it's finished. Mm. Like Christ, Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of those, whatever you worried about, for your life, for whatever it is. He He's already died for that, for your healing, for your body, for your kids, for your family. It's finished. It's all tied up in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And we can go directly to God for direction, for guidance, for his with his Holy Spirit. You know, with him dying on the cross, we also got a special gift. Mm-hmm. Which, like you said, was the Holy Spirit. You, when you do accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're open to accepting um, the Holy Spirit into your life. Mm-hmm. Like Pastor V, he says, exercise uh, your word and to get closer with God. Um, in your relationship to really discern, um, and to like build that relationship with, with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, so you can recognize, okay, all right, God, I feel the the conviction and the com- the loving conviction. I like to call it loving conviction because he he corrects those who he loves. So, I accept the conviction in love. So we all can accept it. Like he mm-hmm. he can be at your house and he can be <laughs> in my house at the same time. Thank Omnipresent. you. Omnipresent. Omnipresent. That's it. <laughs> That is it. Now that's good right there. I don't know about y'all, but I need some need some Holy Spirit that's to right. to lead and to God. to guide me. Cause um, you know, old Ashley Bree can go on the street. You feel me? Cause <laughs> I need the Holy Spirit to pull me back. And mm-hmm. you know, he he convicts you when you've done wrong. He does. So you get an unction in your spirit. Unction. Uh, unction. What, what what points out to me when it is finished. But um, I have been preparing myself um, through this Lent season for um, the actual resurrection um, by reading this Bible out. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the first days, it pointed something out to me that I never thought about before. And it just was so powerful when I read it. But it spoke about, you know, what I always look at as like the ultimate sign of obedience. Mm -hmm. It spoke about Abraham and his son Isaac and how... Abraham was given the opportunity to sacrifice his son as, you know, a sacrificial lamb. And he was going to do it. Mm -hmm. He was very close to doing it. But he was stopped. But in this circumstance, God didn't get the opportunity to stop. He actually had to let his son go to save us. Mm -hmm. And I never thought about it like that. I just always thought about, you know... Just that moment. But it is finished leads you back all the way from the beginning. Everything that happened. All the the extreme foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole thing with Abraham and Isaac happened in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the New Testament and we're seeing like it all come full circle. And we no longer have all of these obstacles and hurdles to just be one with God. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like God is kind of like, okay, I've tried all of this. Let me just do this mm-hmm. so they can be what I need them to be, to be extremely close to me. And now we have that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it is finished means to me. Just just thinking about the complete work from start to finish and how we get to live now. Mm-hmm. Abundantly. We, yes. You know, and... We don't I, have to live in bondage anymore. Mm-hmm. We can live life in freedom. Um, and he has... We can live life abundantly. Yeah. Free from all of any past stuff that we've gone through, that we can, we have the ability to have Jesus Christ 
as a holy and most, uh, I, uh, I just can't even get my words into it because it's just so, it's awesome. Like you can't even really describe the, the magnitude of like who he is and like the, the love that he, he displayed on the cross that his only son, like you said, yeah. Abraham gave his only son mm-hmm. Well, he was going, you know, he didn't have to, he didn't have to. But he, God gave his only son for us, mm-hmm. for us to live freely. And mm-hmm. he, all he asked you to do is accept it. Yeah. It's, it's hard to accept it first. Because how can somebody love me that way? Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you love me so much that you gave your son? So me, little old me can have life. <laughs> it's hard to, to understand and you can't make sense of it. You just have to accept it. That's my Easter speech. That's your Easter speech. That's my speech. <laughs> when I was thinking about this episode and thinking about the whole scene at the cross, it made me realize how sentimental the hymn at the cross mm. is. And I ne- those words never hit me before until I recently studied it. And I was just like, that is such a powerful hymn. I mean, ain't going to sing it. But I'm going to just sing it. I will. Look at God. So it goes, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight, mm-hmm. and now I am happy all the days. All the days. So, yeah. That's for us. That's what happened at the cross for us. Mm-hmm. We received our sight. Yep. I was like, wow. I just, I always just heard the hymn. Mm-hmm. I never thought about the hymn. Take, just take like, in the lyrics. Yeah. All right. So, we told y'all guys the story of... The crucifixion. I'm, I'm good. I all think right. we did a good job at covering all of this. I think so. And we do encourage, like Shay said, we do encourage you guys to go ahead and read it on your own and get an understanding of it all. I know that was a lot of scripture, but we we believe it's necessary for yeah. everyone to understand what was going on. This is what this podcast is all about. Mm-hmm. Bible study. Mm-hmm. Reading the Bible. So I'm sorry for y'all who just like, they never read this many scriptures. We needed you to hear the story. Yeah. Well, if you never go to it yourself and read it, we need you to hear it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, as always, be, be obedient. obedient. We'll see you guys next time.